Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Bo Brock, and the ageless one, former second-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals out of Auburn, Frank Sanders, number 81 in studio, looking fresh on a Friday. Hello, Mr. Sanders. How you guys doing? This is what happens when you get in the studio. They put these lights on you. You get this glow. Look, I got on makeup. I got this. I got this. Oh, this is amazing. My you shirt put that makeup great. on yourself, though? Is that just, home no, makeup? No, it just it's how it looks when I'm in studio. Look at, look okay. at this. I got bigger and better. Man. I walked, When I got out of the car, I was probably about 108 pounds, man. But now I got in here. I'm like 210. <laughs> got shoulders, traps, abs. God damn. Oh, no. You need to get in the studio. Sh- when you get in the studio, we might not be able to make it work when you get in the studio. They're going to be Sassy calling you back. and... And boxing you all day. Just to my boy, I need your phone number and stuff like that. Damn, Frank, you know, T.O.'s playing in that pro football league. He's a year younger than you are. I think you're ready to tap into that league as well. Just looking at you. Let me, l- l- let me tell you what I'm not ready to do. I have no – why the hell is a Hall of Famer – right, I wait, a Hall of Famer in the NFL deciding to go to a, low, a, a lesser league, not hating on these guys, but a lesser league because I just – I don't – Look, he's bankrupt. That's why he has no money. Remember, hey, he's got money problems. I hate well, to see it. He got baby. He got baby mama problems. I heard. Right. That was why I, I got TMZ too. Yeah, Frank takes care of his of his money. That's why he's just hanging with us. He doesn't have to go out there and play in the flag football league with Johnny Manziel or whatever it is. He can come kick it with here uh, on PHNX Cardinals on a Friday, gentlemen. I'm excited mostly because we are. Less than three weeks away from the NFL draft, and Bo Brock, our own Bo Brock, got us in the spirit yesterday with a tease of his most recent article, gophnx.com. My partner in crime, sir, uh, you got a lot of engagement on social media pertaining to your ranking of Steve Kimes' entire 66 log catalog of draft picks in his nine year NFL career as general manager for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what are you thinking? Twenty four hours later, since that drop, you getting some some negative feedback, some positive? How do Cardinal fans feel about it? I, I mean, it's tough to gauge because the subject matter is the one that it, it kind of brings down the vibe a little bit. People get a little sad when they realize how thin things have been for nine years as far as infusing this roster with talent through the draft. Now, Steve Kime has found found other avenues, and people wanted me to dive into that, but this was just draft specific guys that he actually. 
you know, he called the league office or whatever. He, he entered their name into the draft and they became Arizona Cardinals. Now, what happened after that? You know, the rest is history and it's right there at gophnx.com. You know, Dorian Johnson, fourth round pick. I had him as the worst draft pick in the Steve Kime era because the guy was a fourth rounder, didn't even break camp with the team. Four-year starter at Pittsburgh. People kind of liked him during the draft process, but he couldn't compete when it came to, uh, you know, with a preseason training camp with the Cardinals, and he doesn't even start in a regular season game for the Cards. Keen Butler, similar to that guy. I, I You know, I am... You can find the receipts on Twitter, Frank Sanders. I was a big Hakeem Butler believer. I thought he was going to be a steal in the fourth round, and he fractures his hand his rookie season. We don't get to see him then, and then he gets released the following preseason. I I, I was very wrong on that pick. Look, you, you might have been wrong on that pick, but the scenario that he was set up he was set up in wasn't really a great scenario. So, and, and when you when you're a team that's struggling, I, I'm familiar with that. Um, a lot of the good talent, talented players that we did bring in at that time, when you're losing JV, um, you don't have a whole bunch of opportunity. A lot of these guys, they don't get a bunch of latitude. And so the guys that you're paying the top dollars to, which was me, Rob Moore, David Boston, those guys are going to get most of the reps. Those guys want to get the opportunity to show up. If anything happened to guys that had struggled um, or had, you know, had a, a hamstring injury or dropped the ball in practice, those guys wasn't going to get the reps. So, Hakeem Butler in the same, probably in the same scenario, wasn't a great scenario. And just, he just got pushed to the wayside. I remember too, that training camp, like there was talk that thank God the Cardinals can stash him on IR season ending IR, because there was a chance gentlemen, he was going to be cut outright because of how poorly he looked, which was really depressing because I don't know if you guys remember, there was that one clip that went viral from training camp with Murray and Hakeem Butler. He was like making a one-handed catch in the end zone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's happening. The second coming of, you know, we were just talking about Terrell Owens off air. Uh, I just, to me, that is a pick that I will never blame Steve for. It's, I have a weird way of operating around draft season where if I like a player and the Cardinals take him, I can't hold a grudge. Like I hated the Isabella pick even before it, before it transpired and he, and he was a bust on the field. So I can hold ill will against Steve Kime. I wanted Josh Rosen. So lesser, like the impact of him being a bust, like I'm disappointed by that. But in a weird way, like I can't hold that against Steve Kime. Everybody lauded that move. Everybody loved the Cardinals for trading up to pick 10. So like when you're putting this list together and I'm like deciphering, do I agree? Do I disagree? That for better or worse factors factors into the equation. I love the Kimdichi pick. I love the value at the end of the first round. Didn't work out, Right. On the same turn, I hated the Hassan Reddick pick because it came with the casualty of not getting the top quarterback. Cardinals played him out of position. Just there's so many layers and so many facets to, to Steve Kimes tenure as GM, Bo Brock. And I want to pull up this graphic here, giving us a little bit of a tease as it relates to your top 10. Walk us through how you put those those five gentlemen in at the back half of the top 10, because I was thinking about this last night. I was talking to my dad and my dad had guessed the top five easily. Then you get to the bottom half of the top 10 and it, I mean, it's, it gets thin pretty fast. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's as glare that's glaring as far as Steve Kime and where he struggles as far as the draft is he can find guys that are ser serviceable fringe, you know, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say star, but you know, solid NFL players, but guys that when it comes to contract time, for whatever reason you decide, okay, maybe we can find somebody, a replaceable player in the draft because these guys have done well but they haven't they, they haven't 
made the decision for us to extend them on, on a big time contract. Christian Kirk, he went to Jacksonville to do that. DJ Humphreys was a guy. He's the only first rounder to get an extension. John Brown, he had his issues as far as just his health off the field. Uh, he, he obviously kind of fell short of how he started his career. Chase Edmonds was just a fine player. And then Byron Murphy, we'll see what happens with them. But these are the guys where you wish that they were further down the list uh, as far as Kimes' draft resume goes because they're not star-caliber players. You would like to thank your GM if he's going into his 10th draft that he's got a longer list of guys that he hit on than Steve Kime has. And it's just, that's the unfortunate thing. I mean, I've got a guy like Mason Cole in the top 20 as far as top 20 drafted players from Steve Kime. And that's, he just got it from an attendance standpoint. He just showed up to play. He started every game his rookie year. And then the third year of his, you know, he ended up playing a lot of time for the Cardinals. That was the criteria that sometimes catapulted these guys up from, you know, 30, 40s on other maybe GM's resumes to in the top with Steve Kime. That's why it's, you know, depressing. And we say that kind of tongue in cheek, but it's a it's not that deep of a roster as far as good draft picks, and I, I think that this even this emphasized you know the struggles of Steve Kime in this department of being a GM. Well, I'm going to tell you what <clears throat> I felt most depressing about this list, <laughs> and and I don't disagree with it. Uh, I think though when you see it ranked, it becomes all the more prevalent. Um, two years later, Isaiah Simmons is not a temp, top ten player in, in Steve Kime's draft history. And he's behind the likes of Byron Murphy and Chase Edmonds, who were uh, second and fourth round picks, respectively. Uh, Isaiah Simmons was the eighth pick in the draft. And Isaiah Simmons is not a top 10 pick of Steve Kimes, nine year, 10 years GM. That That is alarming. And I've, I've been saying it for, I don't know, six, seven months now. That should alarm Cardinal fans. Frank, you're laughing at me. No, I'm not. I just, I just think it's terrible. I'm, I'm, in, I'm not laughing at you, bro. It's laughable. It is. That our general manager, who just got an extension, has absolutely stunk it up with his picks. And we're looking at, again, we talked about it the other day where seven out of the top 10 picks are already gone. Yeah. You know, not, not extending them contractual, not, not extending them to contractual terms. So that to me is, is, is crazy. Like in the three years that you've had those guys and you had an opportunity for, you know, another year in regards to the contract wise, it, it just, you let those guys go because you thought they was, they had not developed. They had not grown, and you wanted to move on from those guys. And here we are again. You know, we're talking about Rondell Moore, and Christian Kirk is going. Well, we had Rondell Moore. Well, before Rondell Moore, we had Andy Isabella. And so now we're talking about we got we need we need more receivers in our stable, and it's it's going to come back to that same scenario again, which is it's it's actually absolutely depressing, honestly, when Bo puts together and Giselle said that Giselle Soto earlier said that that it's depressing. When she read the list, it's like, God damn. Like, this is my team I'm supposed to support, but we're talking about depth, no depth. And then when we even get talent we think is talent, we're letting go that talent. And so, therefore, there is no longevity and the development of these players. It is absolutely sad. So I can look at Simmons and say, why Simmons is not in the top 10? Guess what? He'll probably be gone. And he'll be gone after the next contract because this is the way this con- this, this organization has flowed and it's, it's sad. I'm a former player. I know it. It's depressing to, l- to look at it and say that these guys that we thought had talent are going right now to other teams. Let me address that comment in the chat. Derek Five says there's nothing wrong with the Simmons pick. I agree. Isaiah Simmons is probably going to play five years for the Arizona Cardinals minimum. They'll probably pick up his fifth-year option. He'll probably be productive. But is he a 
is he worth a top 10 pick in retrospect? Because you have to take into account where he was drafted. If Isaiah Simmons was a third round pick and the Cardinals were getting the production that they're getting, you would say it's a good pick by Steve Kime. When you are picked above Tristan Wirfs and CeeDee Lamb and, and some of these all-star level players, Pro Bowl level players that have helped other teams reach the postseason and beyond, and Isaiah Simmons is right now just a guy. How close is Isaiah Simmons to making a Pro Bowl, Bo Brock? I would say not close. I mean, he took a step forward. At least he showed he belonged at the NFL level last year. That was a big step. You know, because, you know, learning six positions, drinking out of fire hose as far as trying to learn it in a pandemic year, his rookie season, he just seemed overmatched. He didn't seem that. He, he kind of fell off a little bit until the Dallas game where he came back at the end of the season and then kind of regressed a little bit. But, you know, he proved he can play. But you're right. As far as the eighth overall pick, who was drafted ahead of him, who they passed on. It's like, and, and Zayvon Collins might be my, the most overrated guy I have on this entire list. I have him 28th, sandwiched between Kareem Martin and Edo Benjamin, a seventh round pick, oh, because he played 20% of the snaps as, as, a, as a first round pick uh, in his rookie year. Uh, it was, it's mostly like he's 28th based on, you know, what he could, he could potentially turn out to be, but he did, he's not 28th right now. I mean, he's more in the 40s, 50s. Uh, and his, if you're going to pass on, you know, last year with with Zayvon Collins passing on, you know, a defensive back, maybe a receiver, whatever the needs were for the Arizona Cardinals, if you're going to pass on that in the previous year, you're going to pass on, as you mentioned, the offensive lineman and maybe pairing Kyler Murray with his college teammate and CeeDee Lamb, like those have to be can't-miss prospects. So, so, like so far, you can't say without – a shred of deniability that these guys are, are can't miss. They're not like they're struggling to prove that they belong in the, on the NFL level. And those are misses. And, you know, I, I think that the Steve Kime has to, that's on, it's not just on Steve Kime. It's on the scouting department. Yeah. Um, they've got to figure it out. The wide receiver position it, it, even though Christian Kirk or John Brown are in that top 10, uh, it's something that he struggled to draft his entire tenure here. Uh, and we're staring down 23 that's not an easy spot to draft. And that's the one thing, guys. It's like 23. I mean, you really have to read the draft and who's picked in front of you and, and who's available. Like, it, you're not picking in the top 10 anymore. It gets a lot. I almost better. think that plays better to Kime, though. Really? Because I, I feel like he overthinks these top picks. Dale Buchanan was a very productive rookie. Um, Kandichi was what it was. But then you've got DJ Humphreys, who they drafted in the 20s. You know, some of Steve's second and third round picks have been very competent if not better than competent, good to great. I I don't mind being a 23 because, man, when Steve gets in the top 10 or the top 15, he gets egg on his face outside of Kyler Murray. Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> I, I want to – he's my – I got five more years of this dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> we just, hope it improves. We're not saying oh, it can't improve. I don't want to trip it on it. I got five more years of this dude, and he's and he's not getting it done. Like, this is – the results of it, unfortunately, I, I will say this here. We can say he stinks in the draft. We we everyone acknowledges that, but he does he does make it up on, on the back end when it comes to free agency. And that's just and that's where he and where he shines at. Unfortunately, when we start talking about where's the depth on this team, when we start talking about where's the youth and the talent that we that we that we hope we were getting through the draft and that we can develop this talent into, you know, maybe a five and maybe a seven second year contract type guys we're not getting that and that's the yeah. sad part about it because i think that 
We'll let go Christian Kirk, who's 4-3. We'll let go Chase Edmund, who's 4-3. We're letting go Talent. We'll let go John Brown, who's 4-2-4-3 speed. And we're now we're looking in the draft. So what guys we need that can get over top? Well, thank you. And that's and that's where we are. So it's um it's a sad place to be. But again, he 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 flips it on the back end, and then we have to suck it up with, but guess who we got out of free agency? And that and that's where we are right now. And unfortunately, JV, I think you would do a better. Well, I, you had you had Josh Rosen as the top. <laughs> I'm a back out. Hold on. I, I reserve. Don't do, don't do that to oh, me. I got to reserve. <laughs> Can you show us that that the Abraham Lincoln hat again, please? Oh, man. Oh, no. That's been burned from the internet, time, like many of my videos. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to some laugh. of these comments here. Uh, Reddick, Simmons, Zavins have not been uh, placed in positions to succeed. I would agree with that um, for on multiple fronts. Uh, NFL AZ Cardinals also says ex-players, Cardinal players leaving and succeeding elsewhere. Just let you know it's not the player and more the philosophy of the coaching staff. I think I think if if Christian Kirk goes and balls out, there's a lot of merit to this. Probably, you know, a little bit of the Reddick factor. Um, let's think about some of the other players that Kime has drafted that have been successful elsewhere. I mean, Mason Cole played for the Marcus Vikings Golden. this year. Market well, Marcus Gold. But I, I I would argue most of these guys who have left were good anyway when the Cardinals got them. The Cardinals bus have been outright bus that other teams have stayed away from. That, that's what I would say. Kirk is really the first of the Kime era of nine years of sample sizes to say guy leaves after his fourth year, gets a huge contract from somebody else. That hasn't been apparent. I mean, Reddick got a one-year flyer with Carolina. Marcus Golden got, a, I think, a one- or two-year deal from the Giants once upon a time. That This is the first one where it's like, oh, wow, what are the Cardinals doing or what are the Jaguars doing? Yeah. I mean, during the Chimera, when you see where you see guys leave and succeed, Tyron Matthew, but Cardinals reportedly offered him more money after they he refused to rework his contract, and he goes to Houston for a season, and then he wins a, a Super Bowl with with Kansas City, and then Calais Campbell, not a Kime draft pick, but you know Kime was part of the scouting department, one of the guys that brought Calais in through the draft in the second round, and uh, they let him walk and go to Jacksonville, thirty years old when he was hit the free agent market and he got a ton of money, was it 30 million guaranteed from Jacksonville? And the Cardinals just felt like they had players in house that they had to prioritize over big Calais. And that turned out to be a mistake. But for the most part, I think Johnny's completely right as far as, yeah, the guys just get in the building, they bust. And then people really don't want to touch them with a 10 foot pole. There, there hasn't been that many guys that they've drafted and then kind of waffle a little bit in the desert and then make their way onto another roster and have an immense amount of success. There just hasn't been that. And let's face it. I want to, I want to say something that might be uh, a little bit of a, of a hot take here with Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons and, and, and Xavier Collins. Um, one of those two guys, I feel like, I don't know who will not pan out long-term. I just, I feel like we have enough sample size. Both of them will not be all-star pro bowlers. I hope I'm wrong, but the odds of both of them didn't play as rookies, right? Both of them have underwhelmed up to this point. If you look at the national perspective, I think Zavian has a higher upside right now just because he actually has played the position of linebacker. We don't, if we got people in the chat saying move Isaiah Simmons to, to safety, Isaiah Simmons has been in the NFL for over 30 games. We don't know what position Isaiah Simmons plays. I mean, will we ever? Is he always, is he just going to be a tweener? Is he going to be a Keanu Neal, Dale Buchanan? Uh, so I, that's going to be another one of these things where it's like we're going to look back. I don't think there's a great chance that both of these guys are hits in the first round. I don't know. I mean, I think Simmons, I think we're being tough on Simmons. I mean, he had 100 tackles last year, 
You know, the, the don't versus- throw tackles at me as a stat. Right. Come on now. He had some big plays early on. I mean, he still give me interceptions. Give me forced fumbles. Give me tackles for losses. Fumble. Give me sa- give me sacks. Um, four, four, not a lot. I mean, that's a pretty good amount. Jordan Brooks, who was taken in the 20s by Seattle in the same draft, had a better second season than Isaiah Simmons. Well, that is unacceptable. That's that defense- unacceptable. <laughs> that defense. Is, I mean, he was fantastic. Yeah. Week 18 against the Cardinals in Arizona. Yeah. I watched him. He outplayed Isaiah Simmons, and it made me want to throw up Frank Sanders. Look, you, you, we, we, we did the same thing, and we effed up on Hassan Reddick. So we got to give Isaiah Simmons the same guy doggone credence that, and he just happens to be here, was they didn't know exactly what he was going to do. Steve Kimes didn't know, or whoever the defense coordinator was at the time, and that might have been Vance Joseph. They didn't know what to do with him. and they Or they told him he was going to be a linebacker when he was a defensive lineman. And for and we're speaking about Hassan Reddick. And when we got – you couldn't pass up on Isaiah Simmons because he was six foot four, ran a 4'3", and he was playing safety slash Mike linebacker slash Will – and Cam Chancellor was the bell of the ball, and everybody wanted another Cam Chancellor. So we got him thinking that that's what he would be. Well, when we got here, that wasn't the case. Defense changed. Vance Schultz got to figure out what he's going to put him in his all in the in the defense. But I agree with Bo. He actually he's play, he played the, he played the full season. He made a couple of plays. Again, mind you, our defensive line absolutely sucked. The guys that were supposed to get pressure on the quarterback did not do that. And then those guys were. I mean, we didn't that's we didn't have point. JJ for half a season. We didn't have uh, we didn't have CJ for most of the season. So. Our top players didn't play. No Phillips, no Jordan. No, those guys were no Peters. All those guys are out of the loop. So I agree that I think that I think that Zayvon Collins can pay, he can pan out to be somebody pretty special, as well as Isaiah. I think that they do need they need a dog. They need a leader at that position to teach those guys how to be a leader. I remember when we talked about Terrell Suggs. Right? Let me tell you something. T Suggs he didn't get here, but I happened to be in Baltimore that same year he came there. When they drafted Kyle Bowler and Terrell Suggs, I was there in 2003. Let me tell you something. Ray Lewis had that dude ready to run through a wall, attack a tank. It did not matter. They need leadership. And right now, this team is devoid of that on the defensive side of the ball. I talked about yeah. that you know, a couple of times last year when we talked about you know, what you need in a, in a voice. Jordan Hicks was nice and he had a good voice. But when you have a front four that's, 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 that's men's school or small and not there – you're, you're just, you know, we were getting ran through. It's got through some soft tendencies, done. right? Right, it, it was it, bad. So I, I think that those guys got a chance because they got talent. Um, Zavin is, you know, six foot four, two forty five, runs four five. That's great. You know, Isaiah's four three. He still runs four three four fours. Um, and so you just got to put those guys in the right spot, give them a chance, kind of develop it. You got to. Di- Here's the difference. I know if you get drafted in the first round, you're supposed to be an impact player immediately. But sometimes those impact players need to be developed. Because you you draft some guys on talent, and then at the back end of that bowl, you miss on the fact that these guys need to grow and understand what how to do, how to use their talent. And sometimes they don't know how to use their talent at the best, how to maximize their talent. And I think that once they learn that, then you you begin to see guys explode and become pretty much the guys you thought they would be, which is all pros and first round draft picks. Here's what I need to see this year, and we'll and we'll and we'll transition. But I need to see. Isaiah Simmons called the defense. I need to see Isaiah Simmons on the field 90 plus percent of the time. And I need to see Isaiah Simmons jump off the screen. Luke Keekley was a top 10 draft pick at linebacker. That's Devin White. 
That's what a top 10 linebacker looks Luke like. Kinkley plays I have not, position. I have not, I have, okay, he's, okay, Isaiah's got two years under the same defensive coordinator. Now I, I got to see it, Mr. Frank Sanders. I also have to see a stacked UFC 273 fight card this Saturday night. Join the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter and get $100 in free bets, win or lose, guaranteed. Choose your fighter, then sit back and watch the action unfold. Anything can happen in the Octagon with DraftKings Sportsbook app. You've got a sure thing, but $5, get $100 in free bets. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code PHNX. Put down 5 bucks on UFC 273 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gentlemen, my DraftKings pick of the week. It's actually my pick of the baseball season. I like the St. Louis Cardinals to win the NL Central at plus 210, gentlemen. The stack lineup. You got the uh, former D-back at first base, Paul Goldschmidt. You got Pujols is back. Just a lot of good juju with that team. Bo, you know how crazy that is that Paul is somewhere playing and balling the hell out when he was here. It must be an Arizona thing because the the D, I mean, the Suns do the exact same thing. I mean, the only team that hasn't done that is the is the is is the guy dog on Coyotes. Everybody else gets good players and kicks them away, and the next thing you know, they become ballers in other cities with other teams. JV, why and how does that happen? Well, I mean. It, it happens because you handle their development poorly or you don't pay them or you lose a lot. And in Paul Goldschmidt's defense, he wanted to go to a perennial winner. Same thing with Nolan Arenado in Colorado. That's why he ended up in St. Louis. If the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks establish themselves as the premier organizations within their respected sports, players will want to come and play for them, right? I think football, it's lesser because it's more about the money. You, you've seen Tyreek Hill take the most money to go play for the putrid Miami Dolphins. Baseball, it's different. I believe these guys get their contracts, and then they ask to go to winners like we've seen. So Diamondbacks just need to win games, and they they did that last night, Mr. Bo Brock. That's right. Yeah, walk-off fashion. They're going 162-0. and 0. And, uh, you know, my guy Johnny Venerable is taking flack because Seth Beer on National Beer Day, it's a walk-off jack, and somehow you get caught in the crossfire and they're yeah. talking about how you two-hand chug the Coors Light on this very show. I, yep, that, that, all of that happened. Uh, it's unfortunate. I know. No, we don't. I've scrubbed all right, all right, all right, uh, all right. We all right. don't. But I'll well, I'll, I will chug a beer when we're in studio. Not studio. Uh, when we're at our draft party uh, and redeem myself. But, but right. please continue. Absolutely. And speaking of in-studio, Frank Sanders, he, he mentioned the guy he looks like right now in studio. You look like David Boston, like peak David Boston. You're just dieseled out. In studio right now. Well, DB didn't have all this natural stuff going. (laughs) (laughs) Natural keyword there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let's get up to some uh, some draft talk here. Peter Schrager, Good Morning Football, one of the best shows on TV. I love waking up with Good Morning Football, and Schrager's one of the best. He's Cliff's boy. Like, there's no hiding that. They tag team Pat McAfee, the interview together. They're out in the open like Pete Davidson and Kim K. Like, they are <laughs> not hiding their bromance whatsoever. Uh, so, but Schrager has had a ton of success in mocking 
players to the Arizona Cardinals in the first round. He's four for his last four, Johnny. And this, so that dates before Cliff. So he's got a mole in the Cardinals organization. Shregs likes the Cardinals. The Cardinals like Shregs back. And he nailed the trade up for Rosen. He got the team, the Raiders trading back with the Cardinals at 15. He also got the other uh, picks between uh, now and Zayvon Collins. He even got Zayvon Collins in his final Mac mock. His first mock draft he released yesterday. And it kind of had some Cardinals fans a little concern because of the wide receiver they have him, the team selecting at 23 overall. Can we bring this one up? Here's his, uh, here's the bottom half of his mock draft. You got Chris Olive going at 17, a wide receiver off the board. You got Traylon Burks going off a pick before the Cardinals at 22 to Green Bay. And then the Cardinals taking. Jahan Dodson out of Penn State, 5'11", about 180, runs a 4.43 40-yard dash. Six, He would be the sixth wide receiver off the board in Shreg's mock draft if that's how things kind of fall, if the dominoes fall like that on draft night. And here's our guy Damian Anderson joining us as well. Damian, what's up? Frank Sanders, have you taken a look at Jahan Dodson's film? Like him at all? I do. I think uh, I like that uh, he's a 4 by 4 4 4 3 guy. Looks pretty good up the field. You know, um, catches the ball with his hand, and, and when he gets an open the field, you can see right there he has great burst and speed. Uh, that looks like he's going against the Maryland. Uh, Maryland, unfortunately, they don't have any much talent, so they're not as – How about this right here against your pride and joy? Ooh, uh, smoke. Uh, uh, well, he called it – you know, that's just uh, – what team he's playing? Auburn. Oh, yeah. Auburn. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I've watched I watched this video of him. I think uh, I think a lot of the kid, he has runs great routes, has good hands. Um, again, Ooh. um, Frank, what would you give his ball tracking ability right there? A ball tracking ability. <laughs> I mean, if he made the one hand catch, point, there's an undersized, look, under, another under five, another guy, right uh, four, three speed. Um, but look, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about him. I really don't because where he's at right now in the Penn state system, they're, they're featuring him very well. He's in the slot. He's attacking nickel and dime back receivers. He's not an outside guy per se. So therefore he's going against, those nickel and dime back uh, nine back cornerbacks, excuse me. And so therefore you will see most of the times that he just, he's running by those guys. So um, that's always a sweet spot. We talked about that with Cooper cup. I said that earlier that Cooper cup typically is one of those guys that, you know, they move him around a lot. So he, he tried to, they try to put him in the best spot where he's in a mismatch situation. And when you, you see him right there, when you run a four threes, you always want a four, three guy against guys that just don't have the same talent as you. Um, he attacks the ball in the air. I got no complaints about what he does on the film um, because when you look at him, look, I mean, he makes plays. That's what you want. You want playmakers, and he makes plays. So I'm not I'm not against, you know, the Cardinals per se drafting or looking at him as a pick. Um, the idea is that I think that we have one that is more explosive than him and brings more to the table, and that's a Rondell Moore. I just worry about him being undersized, but we talked about it yesterday. He is under six foot. He is about 5'11". He's not more than 5'11", and you could argue he's under 5'11". And are you getting another Christian Kirk-esque type of player? And Christian Kirk, at the collegiate level, Texas A&M, dominated the SEC. So there's there are my legitimate concerns. I, I'm looking at Villanova. I'm looking at the U of I. Not exactly barn burners of college football. With that being said, his measurables are off the charts. His ability to track the football at his highest point, I think he plays bigger than his size would indicate. And I think, you know, Bo, we, we talked about it yesterday. You take him at 23, you expect him to be a Pro Bowl caliber player. He better be an Emmanuel Sanders-esque type of player. That's his pro comp coming out of Penn State. Um, I like him. 
I think I liked him more two years ago when he averaged, I believe, almost 17 yards per catch. That dropped down to 13 this past year. Uh, give me a receiver at 23. I can't complain about a player at 23 who played in a Power 5 conference that dominated that conference, where I will complain if you give me this kid from North Dakota State and the competition he played at. He did not dominate the senior bowl. I don't want to turn this into we're knocking Christian Watkins. I, I will not complain if this team goes power five wide receiver that is worthy of a first round pick. And this kid is. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people get hung up on the pre-draft rankings that they see from all the pundits out there, the draft experts. I mean, when you look, they did nail last year's draft. You had Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell and, uh, and Devonte Smith. I mean, that turned out to be the, the right, the correct, uh, you know, order that they should have gone but then the previous draft you had Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Rager and ahead of Justin Jefferson and then Hollywood Brown and Nikhil Harry were the only first round uh, receivers the previous draft to that that was before Debo, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf so a lot of times these guys the analysts out there they don't get this right what matters most is where the Arizona Cardinals have Jahan Dotson on their rankings if where, where they have him as far as the receivers go and the best players available because we know that's how Steve Kime likes to draft at 23, if Jahan Dotson's the guy on their board, then he could likely be here. And I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Damian Anderson, when you look at Jahan Dotson and what he was able to do to your old conference, the Big Ten, what, what do you think about his him at 23 for the Cardinals? Well, I, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, he's a playmaker. As you mentioned, his measurables are there. We've seen in those clips he could – catch the track the long ball he can make something happen on, on the bubble screens and he could get nasty he plays physical has great feet and he, he could also go one-on-one -on -one, you know with those dbs so i like everything about him to me it's more so when you get this talent how do you util utilize it how does he fit within the system is it going to be do you want him to play out at y or do you want to move him around because obviously you have deandre hopkins there how does he complement deandre hopkins is it a situation where he's at the slot or is he a true wide wide receiver where he's wide or do you move him on the inside where he's an H and he's moving around and you create those mismatch type of situations we've seen that been been beneficial in the league I just don't know how that happens if do they do they have to create more but you already have a guy like him and Rondell Moore the, the things I'm reading about him is he's a versatile guy as far as what he which routes he can run he can play all three wide receiver positions and that's intriguing to me and that was something that's been a we've known been appealing to this organization that's what they liked about Andy Isabella not to throw a four-letter word into this whole thing but you know if it's true if it's the truth Frank I Bruh. mean that, that's something I that got another four-letter word I want to say when I think about Andy Isabella <laughs> bruh bruh bus I'm gonna say bus what were you that's thinking bruh. I was gonna say that's the word bruh bruh, bruh. Okay. Andy Isabella bruh <laughs> Y'all need to leave Andy alone. Man. Look, I tell no, you what, never, I, I can. I, I have studied the receivers <clears throat> in the draft. I see at least 25, absolutely 25 good receivers that can make an impact in the league if they get to the right team uh, position-wise. You have a you have a range of height and speed, and you have a range, and you have the also, you have that, you have that in between height and but then you have also that diversity of of a you know of that the one that can actually do anything. You can put him in a Debo Samuel, Sam, Samuel situation. You can put him at. You can you can do bubble screams to him. Uh, there are a bunch of. There are probably fifteen receivers. Play him at running draft. back. You can, yeah, you can you can move him at running back. There's so many things you can do with about fifteen receivers. That's about four two four three speed. That's in the league right now that you can make things happen with. And then there's those. There, then there are those who are six one six two six three that are four two four three four four. But Frank, I throw this right back at you. Happen. 
with with the Cardinals, I mean, to your point, I I, I agree. But isn't Rondell Moore that type of guy? And would you want to have another Rondell Moore? Does that make sense to you? I wouldn't. So when you say that, I would not out of out of uh, Dashaun. I would not take him. I would not. The guy that's on my radar right now, that's a name that some um, I would like is uh, Tyquan Thornton out of or, out of out of uh, Baylor. This guy, uh, excuse me, out of Oregon. He's four. He ran a four two one at the combine. He's six foot three. He ran a four two one at the combine. He's six foot three. Mm. He's out of Miami, a Florida kid. But he went to he, he ended up going to he went end up going to Oregon, and I, I went to Baylor. I might be I might be Baylor, right? That red cup might be Baylor, right? That red cup might be he that red. He did cup. go. He did go to Baylor. <laughs> he went to Baylor. Thank you, JV. But I mean, to me, I, that kid right there would be a surprising outside. He's an outside figure. Um, to me, that I think can make it, that can make a difference. You talk about the air raid over top, four two one. You can't, you can coach speed, and you can you can turn it into something that's pretty talented. So that that would be my surprise of a pick if they went and got somebody that's not, you know, just the namesake of the uh, Alaves and and the Wilsons and and the Burks. This, this, he would be one that I would be surprised if the Cardinals passed off. One, excuse me, one receiver that I saw in person was Drake London from USC. And I, his his comp is probably Michael Pittman the year before, a guy that's not necessarily super fast, but he was a grown-ass man when he played the University of Arizona this year. Just I mean, he, he literally took over the, the game. I mean, it was like every time he caught the ball, 10, 20, he couldn't be tackled until he he got hurt. So I could see the Cardinals getting him in that type of position. He's he to me he seems like a more athletic Michael Pittman, more athletic uh, Larry type of Larry Fitzgerald. Larry was great. I'm just giving a player comp here, but I think DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London, Rondell Moore, that looks good. I, I like how that looks. I like how that plays out. Um, but we talked about this. I like defensive line. I like edge where the Cardinals go in this draft. I, I, I'm a big fan of London as well, Damian. And I'll tell you, number one is because you give Kyler Murray an option above six foot three, six foot four, and I right think you're going to prosper. You, you saw how much he targeted Zach Ertz when the Cardinals acquired him last year. Uh, well, when, any when DeAndre, any yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And so when when DeAndre Hopkins fell out of this lineup and AJ Green started to deteriorate, I mean, it got ugly fast for the Cardinals. So I love Rondell Moore. I haven't seen Rondell Moore. We've talked on it all offseason to have a robust route tree yet. I don't know what it's going to look like downfield. I know with Drake London, with DeAndre Hopkins getting majority of the coverage drawn to him, you're going to get one-on-one opportunities for him to go up and get the football against lesser cornerbacks for Seattle, San Francisco, and L.A. I like that proposition with Kyler Murray. I think you're going to get A.J. Green numbers plus if you take Drake London in the first round this year. And I think because of the fact that, that the yes, excuse me, the Pac-12 is so down and USC is so down. I think he could fall to the late teens, early twenties, in an opportunity where the Cardinals could take him. I think we're going to see both Ohio State kids go early. Of course, I think Jamison Williams. Everything that I'm hear, hearing is his his ACL recovery is way ahead of schedule. I think he goes before the Cardinals. Then I think we're going to be in the mix for this kid from Penn State, Drake London, some of these other guys, these you know second tier receivers, if you will, that I, I believe maybe Burks are going to be options for the Cardinals. I just want somebody, Bo, to your point, that can play the Y to Hopkins X. That'd be huge for this offense. Of course, Cliff Kingsbury's got to put these guys in a uh, in a spot to succeed where Cliff Kingsbury fits as far as the 32 NFL coaches. This list came out recently. We're going to dive into that here on PHNX Cardinals. But, of course, we have a brand-new par- partner in the house. We're excited to welcome OG's Brands to the PHNX family, OG's one of Arizona's first original scratch-made cannabis kitchens and is dedicated to creating innovative, memorable 
cannabis-infused products. That's the flavor of life's journey. Talk about flavors. You've got tropical flavors, including guava. How about strawberry, kiwi, raspberry, orange, pina colada? Their orange creamsicle gummies taste like damn dream. It's the ice cream truck coming through your neighborhood, but instead, it's a bomb as gummies. Edibles are not one-size-fits-all product, which is why OG's is proud to offer a wide range of products for all demographics and preferences. So pumped to have OG's as a part of the PHNX family. So, all right, let's get into this list, uh, Johnny Venerable. We had it. Well, real quick, OG's, that was a read. And you killed it, bro. You killed it. Just, just FYI, you know, you know my background. You killed it. I appreciate it, Ian <laughs> Anderson. It's, we've got uh, this list here. Cliff Kingsbury checking in right in the smack dab middle of the thirty-two NFL coaches. Sixteen. Sixteen. Was it a sixteenth, Johnny? Sixteenth. Yes. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Frank left early, right, Frank? Frank left early. Frank left early from my college. Opinion. This is my opinion. Go ahead. This is my opinion. Go ahead, so baby. What? We got them 16. So you've got the what eight, nine new coaches that just got hired. So they're at the bottom. And then you've got just uh what six, eight in front of uh Kingsbury, Matt Rule, Carolina Panthers, even though he's two and zero against Cliff Kingsbury. Let's not talk about that. Mike McCarthy, Robert Sala, Arthur Smith, who I think did a damn good job in Atlanta going seven and ten with that roster. Dan Campbell, Ron Rivera, those are the only guys ahead of K2 in the rankings. Uh, I'll contest this. Brandon Staley's a couple of spots ahead of Cliff Kingsbury. He's not a better head coach than Cliff Kingsbury. Brandon Staley coached his team at a, at least two games by my count. The timeout in the regular season finale, and then on Thursday night football against the Chiefs, he kept going for it on fourth down and putting his team in a rough spot. I mean, you could have made an argument they could have fired Brandon Staley after this year, how bad they were defensively and how much he was gifted. He was. It's the opposite of Cliff, right? Brandon they could have fired Cliff, though, too, though. We could have no, fired no, no, him. hang on. Hang on. Well, we yeah, they could have. have. Brandon Staley was at gifted just I know Justin you like Herbert. him. We could have fired him. At the we end of this year? After this yeah. year. Come on, now, Frank. Hell yeah. Crazy. Hell yeah. Wait a minute. Hell yeah. Come on, man. He could have been fired this year. Once you you again, in the playoffs? A dumpster fire. Well, the, you in the playoffs? Yeah, but and we, you gotten better every year. It was eight, no, nah, ten, bro. two. Okay, and look that. at the injuries: Kyler Murray, JJ Watt, DeAndre Hopkins. Apologize, JB. I'm sorry. How dare you? Brandon <laughs> Staley was gifted just, uh, Justin Herbert. He was gifted a, a loaded team, and he missed the playoffs in uh, yeah, a very competitive AFC West. But you can't lose to the Raiders in that game. Cliff Kingsbury, listen, had they moved off of him at the end of the season, I would have understood it. But I also understand Michael Bidwell's perspective of. Wins increasing every year, getting this team to the postseason for the first time since 2015 for a franchise that is, yes. you know, allergic Basically, yeah. to making yes. the playoffs. Uh, do I? I don't. I don't think this this ranking is egregious. I would say the ranking is alarming because of the fact that the three coaches ahead of you in the NFC West are all ranked ahead of you. Sean McVay, number three. This is all MB, NBC Sports, by the way. Pat Dotterty, who does a great job for NBC Sports. Scott McVay, third, behind Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Kyle Shanahan, seventh. Pete Carroll, 11th, which I think will not age well. And I think that's just a respect play. He's going. I, I think he could get fired after this year. Then you've got Cliff in a, a middling role. I, I think Cliff right now is a better head coach than Mike McCarthy, certainly. I think you can make an argument he's a better coach. I think Frank Wright could get fired after this year, and Cliff Kingsbury could still be hovering around if Matt Ryan does not produce a playoff win. Like, Cliff may not be better than some of these guys in front of him, but I think his staying power 
is going to be proven to to be long lasting compared to some of these yeah, other guys. Yeah, Johnny, he's just on a five year contract. Shit, yeah, well, that's what yeah, I'm he's saying. Gonna be around. Yeah, he's gonna be hanging around. Yeah, he's gonna be around. I will say this little, just kind of just put a little nugget out there though. The small nugget. No, you can't. You guys, you you guys can't in comments, I think it is. The only reason why the Cardinals gave him a five-year contract or a long-term six-year contract is because he didn't decide to leave and go to college when he had a chance midway during the season when Lincoln Riley went to USC and took that $11 million jet plane by my house out. Hell of a bonus. So he had leverage for it. I mean, and, right? and so he was eight at the leverage. time. He decided not to leave. I think, and his agent would have said, look, Oklahoma wanted him. Colleges wanted him. But he decided to stay, and I think that's the only reason why I got his new contract. I could be wrong, Bo. I wasn't there, Bo, but I think I might be right, Bo. Da, you can talk about this because I think that, like, in true, this dude after the sh- after the poopery we got at the back end of the season, which is a customary to his situation. Mm. We had a wet wipe situation, mm. and all we did was gave him a contract. And why did we give him a contract? Is because I think because he turned down. Going back to college when college would have gave him twelve to eleven million dollars. I got to set up for this. Not to. I got to well, set up. For sit up there. I got to set up, Frank. Well, I, I agree with you to a certain con- context. So he's gotten better every year. I think what happened, Kyler played so bad in that playoff game that 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 focus wasn't on Cliff Kingsbury. It was more so on Kyler Murray, and that's what everyone's talking about. So at the end of the year, as you mentioned. Frank, everybody's he's got all these quarters, college football, great place to go. He had the, these opportunities. He chose to stay, but that fall guy wasn't Cliff Kingsbury because Kyler had such a bad game, which we aren't accustomed to. But when you got Kyler running around at 80%, Frank, you've dealt with high ankle sprains. You know what that is. Have you ever come back full strength that season? Yes, I have. Full strength that season? Yes, I have. When? I don't know. Exactly. I got CT. Hence my point. I don't remember. But no, I, I think it... it <laughs> We forget too. Um, <laughs> I think what comes down to it is just Kyler. I mean, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury being <laughs> you're Frankie Killing. Cliff Kingsbury being middle of the road. He just needs to continue to win, and I think that will change. He has a great opportunity this year, and it's gonna part of that is Let's just go going Cliff. into the draft. I'm the one who got the K two tattoo. None of y'all can talk about this stuff like me. I got the K two tattoo with the page and X at the bottom. Tell him Johnny, who was the guy with the shirt off getting the tattoo on his chest, on his arm? Tell him Johnny. Right there. Hey, right the story is changing every time you open your mouth. Yes, I watched you get a, a Cliff Kingsbury tattoo Just in the studio. Arm. I know you. Frank can be objective. Frank saw Cliff Kingsbury put together that game plan ahead of Cleveland, and the Cardinals beat the shit out of the Browns and, and opted to get a tattoo man of his word. Volbrock, I I'm a Cliff Kingsbury supporter, as I know you are. Um, but do you agree with this with this ranking putting him middle of the pack? I think, like I said, I think he's 14th. You've got some guys, and I think that he's actually in the same conversation as far as head coaches, Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor, that they just had their quarterbacks take their games to the next level. Matt LaFleur has the easiest job in the league. He just rolls the ball out for Aaron Rodgers to go make plays, and he's he's gone, what, 30-plus wins and just 10 losses in the regular season and then a couple bad performances in the postseason. And then Zach Taylor had Joe Burrow take the step a large couple steps forward and the Bengals took him off the hot seat. And I think they're similar as far as offensive-minded guys, as far as their resumes before their head coaching job. It's, it wasn't that impressive, and it's just going to take elite quarterback play to kind of take their teams to the next level. And it's going to come down to Kyler Murray for a guy like Cliff Kingsbury. Look, he absolutely had no – there was no reason to fire Cliff Kingsbury. If you fire Cliff Kingsbury, like that's that's like a, a an SEC fan that wants their – 
head coach fired because they didn't take him to the national championship game because it's a zero sum game. Like that's just unfair. You go and did that. You go and did that with Gus Malzahn. We paid him yeah. twenty one million. Auburn did that with Gus Malzahn. <clears throat> twenty one million dollars later. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's just you, you can't, that you're right. It is an SEC fan. You're right. You go, you get this entitlement that you think like, hey, if you're not in the national title game, then what are we doing with ourselves? It's like progress is progress to Michael Bidwell. And it, look, it's not leaps and bounds where we saw the Bengals go from a sub 500 team to the Super Bowl, but it was progress. And, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, I think the reason he actually got the extension is because his agent is, is Eric Burkhart, who's Kyler Murray's agent. And that was their first sign of goodwill for this extension talk that's going to go down the line here. Totally agree. I want to remind everybody right now, none of us have them, but these phenomenal PHNX hats are in stock right now at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Uh, to our GM, Saul Bookman's credit, they are in our office. Bo and I have to go pick them up. We will rock them proudly at the Ainsworth later this month for our draft party on April 28th. We hope to see you there. And if you had not had a chance to check out Mr. Bo, Bo Brock's article at gophnx.com, ranking Steve Kimes draft picks in their entirety. You can check that out now. There's the back half of the top 10. If you want to become a member at gophnx.com, a member of our family, our growing family, it's 50 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent months, or you can save a little coin on the back end, just under 60 bucks for the entire year, and you can sport a free t-shirt in the process like the one Mr. Frank Sanders is wearing, Mr. Bo Brock, I believe, has on, and then I have one on as well. So we got to get Damien. Damien's got the hat. Bo, myself, Frank, we've got the T-shirts. I think Bo Brock's got our last read of the day. Absolutely. Children five and older eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized, dying from the disease. Safe, free, highly effective vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. We've got some incredible things in the work because of the talent we have on this squad. Damian Anderson and Frank Sanders are going to stay in the lab late tonight, and they're going to put their voices on some great prospect video. We can't wait to release that for you guys. Make sure you're following PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter up for all that great content. It'll also live at gophnx.com. JB. For Bo Brock, Damian Anderson, I'm Johnny Venerable, Frank Sanders, number 81. We will be back next week for our continued coverage of the Cardinals offseason. We own the offseason here at PHNX as we prepare for pick 23 in the NFL draft. See you guys and gals next Monday.